right, we're rocking and rolling this morning. Uh, we've got two tickets to tonight's Oilers Canucks game uh, donated generously by Greg. We'll give those away at 820. Uh, 8.20. So if you'd like to go to the game, uh, listen to at 820 and we'll uh, let you know how to win. Uh, time to bring in now our... Uh, well, our daily contributor at 8 o'clock uh, on the mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritional smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. Uh, welcome to the show again. Speck, how are you this morning? Did you have a chance to uh, listen to your old buddy Al Coates in the last segment? I did catch a whole bunch of Al Coates. <laughs> I didn't get it all, but I got most of it. Yeah, I haven't. I saw Coatsy down at the Riverhawks game the other day, or the other month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Coates go way back. I've known him for a long time. So he said that he got you your start in the broadcast business. Is that true? <laughs> uh, you know what? Probably professionally. Yeah. I started at, CJ, at CJSR on the U of A campus. It was yeah. my very first gig ever. So if I had to say one guy gave me my start in the business, it would have been Bryn Griffiths. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was running CGSR, and then I went over to the Gateway, the newspaper there, and that was a cat named Dean Bennett, who's had a very long, successful <laughs> career for Canadian press. Yeah. But when I was a young guy, I started at the Eminent Journal, and one of my first beats was the Trappers, and I did run into Al Coates at a press conference, and he did say, hey, I need a color man. It was on the old CKO radio <laughs> network. Remember that that, oh, that gig? Well, I mean, so what was it like uh, working with Al as kind of a, a kind of a young buck coming up uh, in the Edmonton sports scene? That was good. You know what? You learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you learned a lot about the business because Al was a veteran in the business, and you learn a lot about baseball, hanging around Al Coates like he knew the game. And uh, you got a few pranks played on you, for sure. <laughs> if you said something dumb on the radio about a player, uh, generally that player found out about it, and all of a sudden he was asking you, and I thought, how would he have heard that? He was playing the game. And then I realized later on it was Coatsy telling him <laughs> so that I would get get hell in the, in the clubhouse. <laughs> uh, you know, those are the best stories, aren't they, when you think back of how you kind of got started and uh, the kind of innocence of it all uh, to get things going, man. Yeah, you don't really figure, you know, like every walk of life, whether you're a plumber or, a, you know, a lawyer or a sports writer, you pretty much figure it out the hard way. Mm-hmm. I remember one time there was a cat named Colby Ward. First, they had a six named Vance Lovelace here. Okay. He was a reliever. He could throw the thing 100 miles an hour, but he didn't have a clue where it was going. <laughs> And they pulled him, and the next guy comes in is a little guy named Colby Ward, and he immediately hits a batter. And the first thing I say is, well, you know what? That guy's lucky. He could have got hit by Vance Lovelace. It's probably easier getting hit by Colby Ward. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm in the, I'm at the, <laughs> in the clubhouse so the next day, and, of course, Colby Ward walks up to me. He says, what do you mean it doesn't hurt when I hit you with a pitch? He says, you stand in there. I'll hit you with a couple, see if it hurts. <laughs> and, of course, there's Al Coates across the dressing room laughing at me. Yeah. So I figured that out quick. He set you up again, <laughs> set you up again. So I imagine, like, even, you know, in, in 2002 when the Trappers won uh, the last PCL championship, I, I would imagine, and I saw you down there lots, you would have been down there all the time enjoying the, the ball games. Yeah, well, you know what I did? I had a long history with the Trappers. When I was a a kid, 16 years old, 1981, when the Trappers showed up, and um, my parents, I was very fortunate. My parents had very low, good 
season tickets at those old trappers in Renfrew Park, man, sitting right down with Tiger Goldstick, God bless him. And uh, I was a trappers fan all the way. And then when I started at the journal, I was very fortunate. The reason they hired me was because there was an opening on the Eskimos beat. Mm-hmm. So Norm Norm Cowley moved off of baseball onto football, and I jumped in and started. Right, I knew a little, you know, I played the game, so I knew the game mm-hmm. a little. I didn't know how to cover the game, but I knew how to play it. And I was I wrote the Trappers for I think five seasons, and uh, what a great place to get your start, man! A lot of different stories, a lot of different cats from a lot of different places, and. Uh, got to go to spring training, which is something that I cherish. If I can ever get back to Cactus League, I'd leave in a second. I love it down there. So, yeah, it was just, a, you know, it was a good baseball time in Edmonton. Edmonton has a good baseball history, and I'm so happy to see the River Hawks kind of bringing something back here and getting some excitement. And, and they've, they've turned the key a little bit mm-hmm. on getting people to come back out to games, whereas for a while there, there was 400 people at the games. Now you're looking at four, five, six thousand 6,000 some nights. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, uh, Mark Spector, for uh, On the Mark and Booster Juice joins us every day at 8 o'clock. I mean... It was the place to be down in the River Valley this summer for River Hawks games. Yeah, you know what? They've really figured it out. Like I totally give them credit. They, they've, they've put on. They're putting on a fun product. They're, they have lots of different promotions that that are just fun. I was mm-hmm. there on Barbie night this year, and everyone <laughs> who dressed in pink or if your name was Ken or Barb, you got in free. Uh, you know which is cool after the game they let everyone go down on the field and the kids are all running the bases there must have been 1500 people on the field standing around they put a bunch of money and sweat sweat equity into that ballpark Mm -hmm. like i give randy Gregg and those guys uh his family that was in that is involved his son i think is the gm right um i give them a ton of credit they've really really revitalized it they're doing it right down there i would tell edmontonians You know what? Give those guys, buy a ticket one night and head down there. I think it's about 15 bucks to get in, so it's cheap. And the beer's good, and the baseball's excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, text comes in right now, one 1440 from HVAC. Nick, you guys need to get Randy Gregg on the show, and we will. Uh, be getting Randy, pretty busy, Dr. Randy Gregg, uh, kind of, uh, you know, maybe doing a couple of procedures in the morning, so we'll try to get uh, Doc in for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, we're getting off track, uh, we're not really, but with baseball here, but you got to tell the listeners the story uh, when you went down, uh, and I, if it was this last time when you went to spring training with Barry Bonds, you got to just tell that that story when you were sort of oh. moseying around the clubhouse. It's one of my favorite spec stories, so run us through that one. Well, I don't know how funny it is, but it tells the story about Barry. Barry wasn't a very nice guy, <laughs> and, and Barry didn't have a lot of time for journalists. I'll tell you that right now, and I get it. You know what? He was on the bad side of a lot of stories, and him and Balco and steroids, and everyone was hounding him. Mm-hmm. Anyway... I'm down at the San Francisco, uh, they're in Scottsdale, the Giants, and I'm at their clubhouse. And my my gig was I'd go down to spring training, and I'd work for the National Post, I think, and I'd just go team to team. And I'd do a story on a team. I'd do a story in the Cubs. I'd go to Scottsdale, do a story in the Giants. I'd go to Tempe, do a story on the Angels. So I'm in San Francisco's camp for one day. And I want to write Barry, so I go, okay, well, I can't be a shrinking violet here. So I walk up to Barry. All the reporters are scared to go near Barry because he's so abrasive and he's such a not a great guy. So I walk up to his stall and I says, Barry, I says, I'm only here for one day and I'd love to talk to you. Can you give me a few minutes? And he he looks at me like I'm I'm a piece of moldy fruit in his fridge. And he says... 
you're from where? <laughs> and I says, I'm with the National Post. I'm from Edmonton, Canada. <laughs> and he says, Edmonton? And he looked at me like his face is like he just saw that the dog has had crapped on his, his submarine sandwich. <laughs> okay. He looks at me, he says, Edmonton? And he walks away. And as he's walking away, he's shaking his head and he's saying, Edmonton. <laughs> and that's it. He walked off into the bathroom, and I never saw him again. So that's my Barry Bond story. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess a, he was impressed with Edmonton or Spec. Well, <laughs> just just a great story. So what? I mean, all these seasoned uh, baseball beat writers from you know the states are looking at you. What what were they looking at you going? And then they must have been saying, that, "Who is this guy?" Well, you know what? And I don't want to yeah. like those guys covered a tough situation. Yeah. Barry Bonds is setting home run records. He's a total steroid freak, mm -hmm. right? Balco's going on. He's breaking, <laughs> you know, records, hallowed baseball records, and, and he's a fraud, and that's exactly what I think he is. Uh, you know, he would have been in the Hall of Fame if he never did steroids. That's mm -hmm. how good a ball player he was. Let's yeah. get this straight. But he was – I mean, no one's head increases in size, right, the way <laughs> Barry's did. So it was a tough gig. He hated the press – they didn't love dealing with him, but they all had editors back home saying, hey, get me another Barry Bonds story because it sells papers mm -hmm. and it makes people watch. So, you know what? They didn't like dealing with him either. So I remember walking away from that. They were all watching to see what happened to the kid from the guy from Canada who had the stones to walk up to this guy. They knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So everyone had a laugh. They, I got a pat in the back. Nice try, pal. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. And you got a heck of a story. A heck of a story. I got a story. What the hell? Yeah. You know what? And I wrote Barry that day. Anyhow, he was a very sour persona. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? A couple days later, I was at a, I was at a game. I was back at Scottsdale a couple days later doing something else, and all of a sudden the press box is empty before the game. It's a couple hours before the game. I thought, man, I'm missing something. So I go down to the clubhouse, and you know who's down there holding court at a he's at a fold up table. There's about six reporters around him. He's just sitting there telling stories for a good hour. Willie Mays, oh. right? Barry's uncle, I mm -hmm. think, right? Yeah, uh, Godfather. Godfather and yeah. Willie's. Uh, we sat. I sat and took listen to Willie Mays tell stories for like 50 minutes oh. and that's the easiest call I've ever got in my life <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Willie Mays one of the top two or three ball players of all time easy yes he was yeah unreal uh, how about uh, um, uh, Robinson passed away yesterday he was probably and there was an article uh, I think Tim Kirkian wrote it uh, Baltimore's most beloved athlete which says a lot yeah I, I'm he's before my time yeah. I'm gonna tell you I know that he was considered widely considered one of uh, maybe yeah. the best defensive third baseman in the game, mm -hmm. uh, Brooks Robinson. Yeah. So he was before my time, but I got You know, you got to respect those guys. I come from like my third baseman growing up were well, Pete Rose played the hot corner a lot. Craig Nettles, mm -hmm. I think, was one of my favorite third basemen. Right? Yeah. Uh, was Ronnie Say not the third baseman in, in LA, LA for all yeah. those years? Yeah. So I go to those guys when I think of old-time third baseman. I remember Craig Nettles laying out for those World yes. Series guys. Like, no one played the hot corner defensively like Craig Nettles in my, you no. know, when I was a kid. He was my right? favorite too, yeah. yeah. And, and I, uh, I, Mike Schmidt. I love, I love uh, you know what, I watched Chapman play, and I know his bat's been cold, mm -hmm. but I he's got an arm that I just, I marvel at mm -hmm. his arm like. That thing is head high across the diamond every time, chest high ball. Yeah. Uh, 
I love the fact that those guys get it across the diamond the way they do. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Mark Spector, a couple more for you. Quick ones, uh, Spec, just uh, with the Oilers. Tonight, uh, we probably will see a few more veterans and maybe star power tonight against Vancouver. Yeah, for sure. You're going to see a way better lineup. Uh, I'm I'm about 95% that McDavid, 99% McDavid is playing. Uh, I would suggest Drysaddle's playing too. So there's your top two centers likely. Uh, I can't see why you're not going to get a bunch of veterans here in Edmonton and a pretty good team. You'll get your top defensive pairing. You're probably going to get a Skinner. This What do we got left? We've got five games? Yep. I'm going to say we're going to get Skinner and Campbell are going to start getting their minutes in here. Mm-hmm. One of them will play to sure, I think. So, yeah, this will be a much better game. Uh, I know the Vancouver's got beat 10 nothing, so they're probably going to try to send a little better line up here. Um, but this is going to be the opposite of Winnipeg, where they had all the vets dressed and Edmonton didn't. Uh, I think it'd probably be the other way around tonight. Someone else besides the star players that we, uh, you will be uh, keeping an eye on tonight, if he's in the lineup, I guess? Um, well, it depends who's in the lineup. I'm still on, uh, you know, I'm, I, I focus on the jobs that are open. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I leave guys alone in preseason. Don't, don't tell me, Oh, gee, Vander Kane had a bad preseason. Yeah. I don't care how Vander Kane plays in the preseason, Kev. Yeah. You know, I don't care how Hyman plays in the preseason. They're in shape. They're healthy. They're going to find their game. It's going to come. So I'm watching the jobs that are open, and there's only two on this team. I mean, there's to me, it's it's if Brandon Sutter doesn't take that fourth line center job, then Lavoie's got a chance of making the team. If Brandon Sutter takes the job, I don't think it matters what Lavoie does. Uh, they'll hope they'll wait for an injury so they don't have to put him on waivers. And then on defense, it's Broberg and DeHarnay. Which guy's going to play better? Which guy's going to be in the opening six? So. Uh, I'll watch whoever plays, but those are the guys I'm watching most closely, the guys who are actually fighting for a job, and there's not many on this team right now. Uh, Looking ahead to opening night, do you think it's a lock that Stuart Skinner is the starting goaltender on opening night? No, no, I don't think it's a lock. I think it's his job to lose. How about that? Okay. You know, if he plays well in preseason and he has a, a, you know, a good showing, then no, he's going to be your starter because he's the incumbent. Uh, if he falters a little and if Jack Campbell's really, really good, I'm not saying it's beyond rewarding him with the opening night start, mm-hmm. but that's largely a figurehead thing too. Let's face it. Like yeah. one guy could start on opening night, but if he's not great by the end of October and the other guy's better, you know, who's going to be the starter. So opening night's a bit of a traditional thing who gets the opening night start. But for those two goalies, I think it's a battle that's going to go into November, December, and I think it's who the best man will win it. I don't think they have an allegiance to one guy in Edmonton. Whoever's playing better is going to get the 60 starts and are 55, yeah. and whoever's not playing better is going to get the 35. Different sport, but uh, C. Alec Manoa. How's that sound? How about C. Alec Manoa? Yeah. He started up their opening day starter, I believe. Yep. And he should. Where is he now? Who knows? No one knows where he is for sure. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks to the last. Uh, reputable journalist who interviewed Barry Bonds today. Really appreciate <laughs> it, Speck. I mean... <laughs> oh, I'm not the last. There's some people in San Francisco. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but you you have the best story with Barry Bonds. That's a, that's a real beauty. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on every day at 8. Uh, we'll see you. I'm going to be down the rink, maybe catch you guys uh, after that second skate today. So maybe we'll see you down there. Thanks, Speck. Okay. Sounds good, Kev.
All right, that's uh, Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, we'll give away a couple of tickets to the Oilers game tonight against the Vancouver Canucks, provided by Greg. So generously, we'll uh, fill you in on how to do that. Um, and at 8.40, an old friend, Quinn Phillips, chauffeuring around, bareback rider, Cody Lamb as the Edmonton Pro Rodeos uh, getting ready to roll this weekend in Edmonton. And, of course, we've got uh, David Schlemko, Paul Bissonnette coming up at the top of the hour. Much more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up, 823 in uh, City of Champions. Uh, A little gloomy for a few days here. Um, I guess it kind of feels like hockey season is here. Uh, would you like to go to tonight's uh, Oilers Vancouver preseason tilt at uh, Rogers? Well, Greg has very generously donated two tickets to tonight's game. They are in section 130, row 7, seats 1 and 2. So just uh, send us in a text to one 401 1440 All you have to do is just put down... McDavid, how's that sound? Put McDavid in your text, and uh, we will uh, choose a lucky winner, I guess, um, basically, in the end of uh, this segment. Uh, just if you'd like to go, we'd really like for you to, uh, you know, maybe if you have a kid that would like to go, because kids are, it's tough for kids to go to the games, and by just looking at the 20... <laughs> 25 texts that came in in one second. Uh, we have a lot of people that want to go to the game tonight. One, two, yeah, what do we got? 30, 30, 25 texts. My child never went to a game before. This would make his day. Well, again, we will uh, be uh, picking one kind of out of a hat. Well, that's, uh, well, we're pretty happy that uh, everyone's listening and we're sending in texts like this or getting texts. So uh, thanks again to Greg. Uh, section 130, row 7, seats 1 and 2. Uh, text in one 401 Would you like to take your kid to the game tonight? Uh, boy or girl, whatever you want. Great tickets uh, for Greg. Just send a, a text in to one 401 with the slug McDavid. All we need is to see McDavid in there. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part, and thanks to, to Greg. Um, Oilers uh, on the ice. The game lineup is on the ice at 10.30, so in about two hours' time. Uh, that group will go at uh, Roger's place. The non-game roster will go at 10.45. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can talk to someone when I get down to the rink at about 11.30-ish, and we'll have some um, uh, a non-rostered player to talk about uh, tomorrow's uh uh, just kind of tomorrow, moving into the week and, and things like that. A couple games back-to-back at the end of the week uh, for the Oilers. Um, uh, text, a lot of texts uh, were coming in uh, earlier before this uh, deluge of McDavid uh, texts uh, talking about uh, baseball. And one of the ones that really caught my eye was, i got to kind of find it. Where, where did it go now? Um, ah, Anyway, it was about the, the trappers and how... Uh, this texter sent in, and I can't find it because there's just so many that just came in. But um, basically, he was talking about when he went to Trappers games in probably in the 2000s, so, you know, call it 25, 23 years ago. When he went to all these games, he wasn't totally sure about what the baseball and the level of it was. Uh, AAA baseball 
I mean, that was the Pacific Coast League, top-notch baseball. These guys that came through Edmonton were unbelievable players, uh, not only on the Trappers team, but all the other teams that came through. Uh, some all, all the teams were affiliated with Major League Baseball at that time. So anyway, the texture was saying that, man, oh man, I didn't really know what it was like. Uh, I never got it into into it with Al Coates earlier, but when uh, the, the Trappers at the end were owned by the Edmonton Eskimos at the time. So they were owned by the Eskimos and they ended up selling the team. Um, there were several reasons why. One of them was it was tougher for travel for PCL teams to come across the border, uh, but they were sold to um, a, a, a consortium out of, I believe, in Little Rock kind of area. Uh, it was Nolan Ryan's son, I believe, if that was uh, if that's correct. Uh, I think they were sold for about $6 million US. All that money ended up going into what they call the Edmonton Eskimos at the time, and then now Elks uh, Stabilization Fund. Now, a lot of that money was used to help um, refurbish Commonwealth Stadium down the road, but there was a time where there was, you know, upwards $12, $13 million in that stabilization fund. And a lot of it was because of the sale of the Edmonton Trappers. They, uh, the team invested that money, uh, the green and gold, that is, invested that um, capital. And it was kind of like they called it a, a rainy day, a rainy day slush fund. So uh, I didn't want to get in with Al because it really, I, every time I talk with Al over it, it it's a real, it's a hard because, I mean, baseball, his life was his life back then and it was hard to see the trappers go it really was um and then baseball you know they had the capitals here for a while and um you know the oilers owned the team for for a a certain amount of time they tried to kind of get things going but the the, they could never find a league it was independent baseball it was you know it wasn't triple a everyone said that then the prospects came in and things like that so uh it was it was a tough time for baseball in our city for sure um but it was good catching up with Alcoats, good catching up with mark specter you see how much those guys love the game of baseball so uh coming up in about 10 minutes and they're probably on their way over here right now uh quinn phillips from explore edmonton and cody lamb edmonton pro rodeo bareback uh, he'll be taking uh to the infield this weekend it's a, an exciting event. I mean, if you've ever gone to the rodeo, Duke, you've, you're have you a rodeo guy. You're the Duke of Delburn. I love the you've rodeo. You've been to the rodeo. Kev. I've been to you love many, it. many a rodeo. In fact, yeah. uh, my first, I get technically my first job in the, the radio yeah. business last summer for our friends over here at 840 CFCW in the Stingray Studios. Mm-hmm. Traveled all over this <laughs> province uh, with the kind of on the road truck over the course of summer. I lost count of how many rodeos I went to and pancake breakfast and all that jazz. So I'm pumped the uh, pro rodeos back in the city here. Um, and then, hey, uh, CFR is right around the corner uh, just over a month's time as well. For sure. Uh, so it's the C5 Rodeo Company in Explore Edmonton. So second annual Edmonton Pro Rodeo at the Flair Airlines hangar. So we will have... Uh, uh, an interesting cat, Cody Lamb, and this guy can do it all. He sings, he dances, he makes people laugh, especially with his singing and his dancing. And he's a bareback rider. At nine o'clock, uh, really looking forward to this. David Schlemko will be our guest, as he our co-host, pardon me, as he always is on Wednesdays, except for last week, Dave. Uh, nine to eleven, and uh, because of Dave's connections, uh, his old teammate Paul Bissonette uh, will be our headliner of the day as well. Uh, man, can you believe the text coming in for for these Oiler tickets tonight? Uh, it's, it's I'm just trying to click through them and get people's names added to the um, 
our, our kind of yeah. Rolodex here on the, the tech system and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. just working through on, on picking a winner. If, uh, if you get a text back from me, then you're our winner and I will uh, get the information I need from you to make sure you can get those tickets from Greg. Once again, big thanks to Greg for uh, yeah. getting us uh, or vo- donating those tickets to get somebody, like I said, maybe take their kid to a game or their first game tonight. For sure. Uh, and I forgot to mention the Edmonton Cracker Cats. And that was another... Oh, that was a disaster uh, right from the get-go uh, with the ownership, um, the name. <laughs> I remember the fir- very first uh, news conference they had. Uh, we used to have Dean Millard at our uh, station, and he, uh, he said, Cracker Cats, isn't that, that's not exactly totally proper. And again, oh, no, no, no. It was like on and on and on. But yeah, Trappers, Cracker Cats, then the Capitals came in. So I just missed the Cracker Cats. Uh, prospects, Riverhawks, and um, I think, you know, the prospects are hopefully going to be ready to roll next year again. They were building the new stadium out in uh, in Spruce Grove, uh, still under construction. Uh, hopefully they can uh, get ready, ready for uh, the Western Canadian baseball season because uh, um, they took a year off, and um, we'll hopefully have them back as well. Uh, I, I'm just blown away by the amount of people that are sending texts in to try to get to this game tonight. one 401 All you have to do is uh, put in the name McDavid on the uh, headline or in your text to tell us kind of why you want to go or whatever, and uh, it'll be an interesting night for the Oilers. Uh, HVAC Nick, uh, funny story. I ended up as a bullpen catcher for the Capitals for a couple of games about 10 years ago uh, in their final season because of Mark Randall. And Sheen Bromley. Uh, uh, I don't know Sheen, but I know Mark uh, a little bit. Uh, started the St. FX Baseball Academy. Uh, Mark was a great pitcher in his own right in the day. Uh, big horse on the hill, too. So, uh, baseball, just a rich tradition, rich history in our city. And again, um, it was kind of neat to hear Al, Al even going back, you know, 100 years to. And if you ever go into. Uh, the home plate lounge at Remax Field, the old Telus now Remax. If you ever go into to the home plate lounge in there, if you can, lot of great pictures, uh, history going back, you know, a hundred years, things like that. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool to see all that. Um, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Do you? Because I think you kind of got to need to line this up, Duke. Or do you? Are you okay with all these texts coming in? Or I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still parsing through them. So we appreciate everybody's <laughs> eagerness to go check out some preseason action tonight. But uh, yeah, I think um, whenever uh, whenever we're ready here, we can pop out for a quick minute, give ourselves time to get set up with uh, both Quinn and Cody here in studio once they uh, arrive in very short order, and then uh, yeah, we'll be rolling all of a sudden through to the top of the hour with Schlumko and Biz. I think, coming up. Yeah, I think Cody uh, Lamb is going to maybe sing a little bit for us because he's uh, he's also got an album out. I bet I'll, I'll I'm going to go that he's a uh, Keith Whitley guy. You? What do you think? Uh, is there anybody who's not wow, a Keith Whitley guy? A lot guy? of people I mean, have never heard of him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, taken or gone too soon, I should say, which is unfortunate because yeah. man's so talented. But uh, yeah, whether it be I I guarantee. He's a Garth guy. Okay. Everybody's a Every, Garth guy. So his uh, uh, his first album was Faster Feet and Brighter Lights. It was released about six years ago. 
So uh, that sounds a lot like me moving to the uh, the big city and uh, 18 years old. Uh, <laughs> bright lights of Edmonton and faster feet at Old Knoxville's Tavern downtown. That's you. <laughs> that was me. Oh come on, man. Cody writing my life story on his uh, <laughs> Give me album. A break. You're you're starting to sound like Speck embellishing all these <laughs> stories. <laughs> all right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I see Quinn Phillips is around here, and we're just waiting on Cody Lamb. Uh, they will be our guests in studio on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. You can tell by that uh, Garth Brooks song that we've got rodeo coming to town this weekend. Uh, Explore Edmonton and C5 Rodeo Company brings it back for the second annual Edmonton Pro Rodeo at the Flair Airlines Hangar, and it comes up uh, the 29th and 30th for a couple of shows. And we are so Lucky to have from Explore Edmonton, Quinn Phillips, and then bareback rider Cody Lamb. So uh, guesting with us in studio, and we're uh, really excited both have dropped in, especially, well, Cody, especially you for coming in, but Quinn, <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, so we I got w- a hug this morning, and for those who know Kevin Carius, uh, well. that is something pretty special. Someone had to Even do Even when it. I left Global Edmonton after eight years of working together, I don't think he wanted to give me a hug. No. I think the excuse was it was covid but <laughs> well, there was a lot of things going around. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't. I thought we worked together only about a year or two. You said it was eight. Okay, hey, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. I always, for all our listeners, I was always giving it to Quinn, and you know, she was like the little. I could feed it right back, though. Oh, Let me be come very on. clear with everybody come out on. there. All right, let's get down to business here today. Uh, so, Cody Lamb, also in studio. Cody, thanks for coming in. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So, uh, grew up just, uh, well, Sherwood Park, our Drossen kind of area, and then kind of got into rodeo. Tell us your rodeo journey, uh, how you started and kind of why you got into it and why you love it. Yeah. Um, like you said, grew up just east of town here. Uh, went to school in our Drossen, um, played hockey growing up, but, um, yeah, definitely going to the CFR when it used to be at Edmonton mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, always went with my parents every year and, uh, had an older sister, you know, grew up riding horses. She started going to rodeos. I kind of got into it that way. Um, my dad rodeoed back in the day. Um, I didn't get to see much of it, but yeah, it was always kind of something we were interested in as a family and uh, just kind of grew naturally from that. Did you always start with bareback or did you kind of go in other events? What was that kind of, uh, uh, you know, process when you started and where you are now? Yeah, for sure. As a kid, I started riding steers. Um, I tried uh, when I was, when I was young, I thought I wanted to be a bull rider, but turns out I wasn't very good at it and I was pretty scared of them. So, uh, kind of hard to make a career out of that. So, uh, Riding bareback horses came a lot more naturally to me, so I gravitated towards that as I got older. What's the hardest part of being a successful bareback rider? Uh, probably the travel. I mean, um, I rodeoed in, I, I couldn't even tell you how many states this year, mm-hmm. probably 20 or 30 different states, all the western provinces. Um, I think I've gone close to 120 horses this year, so it just... Uh, going to all the different places gets to uh, wear you down. So managing mm-hmm. your travel is probably the biggest challenge. Cody Lamb will be uh, riding bareback uh, this weekend at the Flair Airlines uh, hangar, uh, part of the rodeo and two-night performance. Uh, Quinn Phillips also with us in uh, studio. Quinn, um, tell us a little bit about the event, uh, what it means uh, to our city, and uh, what can people expect? Well, obviously, I mean, you and I know very well that we have a long history of rodeo in the mm-hmm. city. Uh, we did a lot of coverage of the Canadian Finals Rodeo at Global Edmonton. Um, but uh, so to bring rodeo back was really exciting because I think it's something that means something to a lot of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course, the surrounding area. Um, so it was exciting to be able to bring it back. And then 
make it a high impact rodeo like it is. It's the last stop before the CFR. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are for, that are looking for a spot at the Canadian Finals Rodeo in November in Red Deer. Right. Uh, so you did a lot of rodeo stories when you were at Global. I did, yeah. I don't yeah. think I ever did anything with Cody Lamb, no, though, unfortunately. I don't think so either. I would remember that one. Uh, but you did some really, and those are the neat stories. Um, yes, I always really liked them. It was yeah. obviously something that was so different from what I grew up in. You know, Cody, I was, I grew up in a hockey family, of course, and mm-hmm. I was a swimmer and a water polo player. <laughs> okay, let's, okay, easy, easy here on that, all the personal stuff, okay? <laughs> okay well. I'm just trying to relate yes. to the fact that I didn't grow up with a whole ton of rodeo, but grew to love it, grew to understand it a lot better, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Cody Lamb, Quinn Phillips with us. Uh, so Cody, uh, you touched on your season. Uh, you did a lot of traveling. Uh, kind of uh, tell our listeners where you were and kind of what season you've had so far. Yeah, this year went really well for me. Um, I think season's not over yet, but uh, I think I've finished about top 20 in the world, which is a little lower than I was hoping for. But um, no, had a had a great year, my best year so far, um, especially up here in Canada. Had a great year up here. So yeah, I'm looking forward into to going into the CFR here. What about uh, just sort of rodeoing um, in front of friends and family? And these are all the people that have supported you over the years to get where you are. Uh, how much does that mean to you? Uh, I guess in this ah, next, you know, this weekend and then moving into CFR. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Um, since I even started the, the TV coverage for rodeo has gotten a lot better. So it's great that the family gets to watch me a little bit more, mm-hmm. but yeah, getting to come back home in front of friends and family means a lot to me. I've kind of had trouble. It seems like every year they've had a regular season rodeo in Edmonton. I found a way to not be there, mm-hmm. whether it was injuries or whatever it happened to be. So this will actually be my first regular season rodeo in Edmonton, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, bareback rider Cody Lamb is our guest in studio with Quinn Phillips, the chauffeur today. Uh, Cody, <laughs> where did you go to school uh, in the States? And just run us through uh, that time of your life and kind of how you it prepared you for where you are now. Yeah, so I... Went to uh, junior college in Hobbs, New Mexico for two years, and then I transferred to Tarleton State University in Stephenville, Texas. For four, I got a bachelor's degree and master's degree in psychology out of there. Um, That was great for me. I mean, I wasn't necessarily the most seasoned rodeo person when I got Mm -hmm. to school, and that gave me a lot of time to kind of mature and develop my skills in rodeo so that when the time came, I was able to transfer into the professional side of things, kind of give me a little refractory period there where I could get things going. So you took what in school and how many letters are behind your name? Uh, psychology. It, uh, <laughs> people always give me a hard time about that, about reading minds and stuff, but I always try to tell them that, you know, when you try to counsel yourself, you get a fool for a client. So that's about <laughs> as, all you can ask for there. You know, and you can kind of tell... Um, a little bit with your your voice, Cody, that you you have a better radio voice than I do f- to start with, but you've also um, dropped a couple of albums. You're a singer, songwriter. Um, w- w- how did that all kind of come together? And just to touch on that background. Yeah, that, uh, that kind of came very naturally for me as well. I mean, I always loved music growing up. I took guitar lessons as a kid and um, I never expected too much out of that. It was just something that I like to do. And, you know, with the technology now, you can write and record and release all on your own. So it was just something that we decided to try to do, me and a buddy from home here that I went to high school with. And, 
yeah, it's gone pretty well so far and just kind of let it do its own thing. So you've got two albums, uh, touch on those, uh, the names and songs and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, released the first one in 2017 called Faster Feet and Brighter Lights. Uh, it was just a six song EP. And then in 2021, we did a full album called The Scars to Prove It. Wow. Um, how did like the, the genesis of, of behind it, how did it all come together for you? Um, I mean, like I say, I was always interested in playing and writing is something that's really important to me. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, same as a lot of guys, I just released mm-hmm. a few songs on Facebook and it seemed like people really liked them and, you know, the way the internet works now. So it just kind of seemed like the natural next step to try to get them out there a little bit more professionally and see how they do. Any chance you could do a duet with Quinn Phillips here or something like that? I'm sure we could work something out. I don't, <laughs> Quinn, who, what, I'm not sure I know any country songs. You don't? Well, I mean, from my Cowboys days back... 25 cent draft. Yeah, I'm sure I could remember a few. <laughs> well, I'm sure you wouldn't remember a few is what it is. It's probably a little more accurate. Uh, uh, Quinn Phillips and um, Cody Lamb, uh, bareback rider, getting ready for the Edmonton Rodeo this weekend at uh, Flair Airlines Hangar, the Expo Center. Two-night show. We'll get to details on that with Quinn in a minute. But uh, the, the music angle is fascinating because it's such a big part of cowboying and rodeo and things like that. Do you have some uh, favorite artists and, and country stars that uh, you, you follow and like? Yeah, for sure. In terms of the you know tandem between music and rodeo, there's so many great names that came before me. You know, Chris Ledoux, Ian Tyson, Corblund, kind of all those mm-hmm. guys. Um, so I'm definitely not a trendsetter in that way. I've got a lot of great role models to look up to in that respect. Uh, the Duke of Delburn, uh, you were talking about, uh, we had a little bit, you said Garth Brooks was one of your favorites. Uh, he said that. I said Keith Whitley. Oh, yeah. See, I know all the old Keith Whitley songs. You're no stranger to the rain. That's right. I am no stranger to the rain, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's cool. Um, text comes into our text line, one 401 And this is the next part I was going to get to you with Cody Lamb. I grew up with Cody Lamb, went through all my schooling with him. He was a budding hockey superstar with the Strathcona Warriors before he entered into full-time rodeo. So... How good of a hockey player were you? Not good. I don't know who sent you that, but uh, I could skate fast, but I had hands of stone. So that was, uh, I remember one of my last years in tryouts, I missed a wide open net. Mm -hmm. Safe to say I didn't make the team. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun playing hockey, but I was pretty small for a hockey player back in the day. I grew really late. So, you know, I had big dreams of being a hockey player as a kid, but just didn't work out. Growing up, I assume you watched the Oilers, who were some of your favorite players uh, when you were watching them. Oh, I mean... Ryan Smith actually was one of my favorites back in the day. Um, I'm just old enough to remember Gretz playing a little mm-hmm. bit, but not very much. Um, but you know, now how can I mean? You got Connor. How can, yeah. How can you cheer for anybody else with a guy like that playing hockey? Oh man! Oh man! Um, so, do you have kind of um, aspirations, goals, dreams uh, in rodeo moving forward here? Uh, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, I guess in the next couple of years. Yeah, um, I would say winning a Canadian championship has obviously been on my radar for a long time. Um, been working real hard to make that uh, the NFR in Vegas here for several years now hasn't quite gone my way yet, but obviously that's something that I'm still pushing pretty hard in the next few seasons. But other than that, just trying to you know develop something here that's a little bit bigger than rodeo and music and try to you know uh, live the whole thing. Yeah, um, from Rockford, I bet he's a Coulter Wall fan. Oh, for sure. Coulter's Coulter's crazy. I mean, he's that voice um, and his songwriting style is pretty wild. 
This the the guy uh, that's. Uh, texted about uh, you were a budding superstar he says and no nope, uh, get a name on here big guy uh, I was a bad goalie so he always scored on me he must have been a really bad goalie then because <laughs> if I, you missed an empty yeah, net <laughs> uh, I had the yips real bad <laughs> uh, if you got a text for Cody or well you're not going to have one for Quinn Phillips but send it anyway one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 so Quinn tell us what's happening here as far as uh Showtimes. Edmonton Pro Rodeo, Friday and Saturday, the Edmonton Expo Center. Lots of parking there. Easy to get there. Love that. Uh, Tickets on sale, edmontonprorodeo.com. Both performances start at 7 o'clock. My phone keeps ringing over there. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> so you think people are kind of getting... It's my brother. <laughs> it's not even anything exciting. <laughs> you don't have um, any friends or what? Uh, I have some friends, yeah. but you're my friend, KK. Uh, let's not get carried away. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, st- still tickets available. Um, we've got some incredible races. I think mm-hmm. the team roping is really exciting. I think there's about $1,200 that separates about six guys from making the CFR. So I think it'll be a lot of fun and there's a lot on the line this weekend believe it or not Uh, what's it take to transform the building into a rodeo arena well we have incredibly great event operations guys the thing with the edmonton expo center and this is where i get to talk about my explore edmonton key messages um we're a super versatile place so that we actually host disney on ice in there as well without an ice factory so um we have a lot of guys come in like on the rodeo circuit that are able to bring the dirt in and make sure that everything's good. But our event operations guys um, really put in a lot of hard work and it's, it's, it's a super versatile arena. That's Mm -hmm. why we love it. The stingers play there. You have Disney on ice, then you have rodeo, then you have a high school graduation. So they can do it all. Uh, A couple last ones for, um, for Cody, just and you mentioned in hockey who you liked watching, but who, when you were growing up, who did you like watching in, in bareback or rodeo? Um, you know, that's a little bit harder to say. I definitely have mm-hmm. some favorites, but the coverage wasn't there back in the day. I mean, the only rodeo I got to watch on TV as a kid was the Calgary Stampede, and it's you know, it's hard to, yeah, kind of hard to get favorites only watching rodeo once a year in, on TV, anyways. But, um, you know, Davy Shields Jr. was a big mm-hmm. influence on me coming up. Uh, Jake Vold, same thing. Um, couple couple of Canadian guys I got to watch quite a bit so um, as we guess with Quinn Phillips and Cody Lamb uh, bareback rider getting ready for the Edmonton uh, Pro Rodeo this weekend at uh, the uh, Flair Airlines hangar stock is half the half the battle here so have you got a favorite horse or something that when you know you're going to draw this one horse coming up at a rodeo you know I got this guy or I got this or whatever is there anything that kind of triggers for you? Or maybe you know the stock coming up this weekend. Is there anything that you kind of look at and go, man, I, this one, this horse is built for me? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you touched on that, actually, because for the rodeo fans out there, um, both C5's Virgil and Northcott Mox's Stevie Nicks are both going to be at the Edmonton Rodeo this weekend, which are two of the best horses in the world. And to have them both here in Edmonton is uh, is really good. Um, unfortunately for me, I didn't draw either, either of them, but <laughs> I've been chasing Virgil around for a decade and haven't got him drawn yet. But no, I still got a great horse drawn of C5 Sunday Center. I'm pretty excited about. I got on it in Buffalo Lake earlier this year. So yeah, there's definitely horses, you know, um, Virgil's a big one. I've been, been after him for a while but you know hopefully i get him here one of these days soon uh, quick text from rockford uh, cody was the movie eight seconds realistic <laughs> um 
if you know anything about or a lot about any one specific subject and then somebody makes a movie about it, I think that's kind of kind of the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, things get brushed up for TV quite a bit. I mean, they didn't <laughs> do a bad job. There was a lot of good hands on that on that movie that made it as realistic as I think they could and still have it palatable for a for a mainstream audience. Well, cool. I'm going to jump in though oh. because Anchorman what? Very realistic for Kevin Carius. No way, man. Well, yeah, you could be the Veronica Corningstone, maybe, <laughs> possibly. Uh, you know, you always try to get the last word in here. I don't know. It's been like that. It was like that for the two years you worked at Global with me. And was it really eight? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, Cody, uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, congratulations on a great season. Good luck this weekend. And then at the CFR, we wish you all the very best. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. And Quinn, get back to your chauffeuring job today. All right. Thanks, pal. That's uh, Quinn Phillips, Cody Lamb. Big rodeo coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, at the top of the hour, we will check in with our weekly co-host, David Schlemko. And he's been uh, kind enough to uh, dial in Paul Bissonnette. Uh, he's coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Before we get to that, a sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today. Call cattailcrossing.com. CA. Here's the Duke with a sports update.